What do you get when you cross a firecracker and a ghost? Bamboo! <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to Starting Sustainability. This is episode 92 and I am your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. If you haven't noticed already, you get my sultry voice this week because I'm pretty sick. So let me tell you about my vacation all the way out to California. This trip out to California is for what we call Siblings Week. I'm the youngest of eight children, and this is when all of us siblings get together for a whole week for vacation. No in-laws, no spouses, no offspring, because honestly, they're the part that make vacations stressful. So when it's just us siblings, we have a lot of fun. Two days before I was supposed to leave, my mother-in-law called off, because when I leave for a week, the flip side is my mother-in-law comes to stay for a week. That way my husband gets to see his family. She gets time with the grandkids. All is good. But she wasn't able to come in. Her dog got very, very sick and requires a lot of round-the-clock care. And the only vets that she could find to take care of her dog were going to charge $200 a day. And she was going to be gone nine days. That's that's a very big expense. So we completely understand and we're not upset. But it did put me into a little bit of a tailspin of a panic trying to figure out who's going to help childcare. So my husband can kind of sort of handle it. He can do it. It's his work schedule that makes it extremely tough because he has to be at work at 6 a.m. And most childcare places don't accept anybody until like 6, 6.37, and he works an hour away. So anyways, we got it figured out. We ended up paying buku bucks to our current daycare provider to come and pick the children up at 5.30 in the morning and drop them off at the end of the day. Either way, we, we got it figured out. All is good. I take off. I fly out to California. I get to hang out with my brothers and my sisters. It's awesome. One of my brothers lives out in California, so he was the one hosting this year. We hung out there, and on the second day, he got his test results as positive for COVID because he was feeling under the weather. So, darn. (laughs) Yeah, that really stung. So for the rest of the trip, we were avoiding him as much as possible because we love him so much. So then on the third day, I was speaking to my husband and our youngest had a fever and had what looked like acne outside of his mouth. So that's okay. He's being well taken care of. Meanwhile, we're in California. We went on a wine tour. I don't drink, but I did get to try some local chocolates and pistachios. I didn't even realize that pistachios grew out in California. So it was really cool to go to a winery that had not only wine, but chocolates and pistachio trees and get to see the nuts growing on the trees. And that winery not only grew the pistachios, but they roasted them and flavored them. They came in flavors, good flavors too, like barbecue, garlic and onion, chili jalapeno. So while my family was all drinking, one of my brothers, Rich, he doesn't do wine. He just does beer. That's fine. So Rich and I hung out at the wineries by exploring everything else that wasn't wine related, like the gift shops and chocolates and the pistachios, which was awesome. Then on day four, the vacation basically started going downhill. My sister Dawn felt sick at that time. I spoke with my husband who reported that our youngest was diagnosed with hand, foot, and mouth. So now my husband gets to stay home the rest of the week from work and take care of both of the kids because it's highly contagious and they cannot go to daycare. 
On that same day, we did rent bikes from a local bike shop and we got to ride on a path through a beautiful park and down to the beach and back. And then day five, I started feeling tired, (laughs) took a bunch of naps. Day six, our oldest kid suddenly had a fever and my sisters, Tammy and Rael, also started feeling under the weather. Then on day seven, we cleaned the house like crazy because it was a beach rental house, cleaned it, disinfected it the best that we could and flew home. Day eight, I was dead to the world. That was the worst day. I had a fever and I was feeling super crummy. So congratulations to Amanda and Thomas Carlsvig, Mr. and Mrs. Carlsvig. They got married. Amanda is my niece who's been a guest on the podcast a couple of times. And so she and Thomas, they got married a year ago, but because of COVID, they couldn't do celebration. So they flew from the Netherlands all the way over to Indiana to have this wedding. And I couldn't go because I was sick with a fever. And I was very confident that it was going to be COVID since my chances were pretty high. So I'm really sorry, Amanda and Thomas, I was not able to make it to your wedding, but I got to see all the pictures and see how beautiful you guys are. And congratulations. And then the very next day, day nine, no smell, no taste. So I knew those are the telltale signs of COVID. So I signed up to take a test, went to Walgreens, and the test came back positive. So now I get to work from home for the next week along with my entire family because we are all quarantining together. Yay! Not really. It's it's very stressful trying to work from home while sick with two very little kids, a one-year-old and a three-year-old who are not self-sufficient. But we're doing the best that we can. My husband and I are figuring out a routine of taking turns on who's watching the kids and who's working and just bouncing them back and forth. And if you're thinking, well, Kaylin, why don't you just quarantine away from your children and your husband? That's what you're supposed to do. Okay, I was on vacation an entire week, separated from my family. Now tell a one-year-old and a three-year-old, now that mom has been back because you've been waiting a whole week to see her, now that she's back, you can't see her, talk to her, touch her, hug her, kiss her. (laughs) That does not work. It is They do not understand. They do not understand. So we're doing the best that we can, given our circumstances. Focusing on sustainability stuff, because that's what this podcast is about. On the bright side, my husband did continue to water my garden and did not chop down my last remaining loofah plant. I'm so excited. I've been growing that thing since like February. And it just is humongous. It's absolutely humongous. It's taking over three panels of my fence. And just this week, it finally bloomed. Because I was thinking, it's already August. When does this thing bloom and start growing food on it? Start growing loofahs. So I'm really excited because it is humongous. And there's like four flowers on it. And I saw bumblebees going around from the flowers. So I know it's getting pollinated. So I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping that everything's going to work out okay and I'll at least get a loofah because that's my goal is to grow one freaking loofah. I know I can do it. So far, my garden has produced one large tomato, three cherry tomatoes, and eight green beans. And something ate all the leaves off of my green bean plants. I don't know what happened there, but all the leaves are completely gone. So what is left has completely turned into sticks. (laughs) And what really stinks is that I keep hearing how homegrown veggies taste so delicious and I can't smell or taste at all. So I ate the tomatoes and green beans, but I have no idea if they actually tasted any different than the regular ones. All I could tell is that they were juicy and crunchy and that was about it. Of all of the plants that I looked into growing in my garden, one of them was bamboo. 
Unfortunately, I'm just a little too north for bamboo, but for those who are interested in bamboo, I've put together a crash course in why it is such an eco-friendly plant that you should grow in your yard. This is a crash course in bamboo, everything you need to know. When it comes to eco-friendly alternatives, bamboo products are a hot topic of conversation. Generally speaking, bamboo products are some of the most eco-friendly products around. Not only are they made of sustainable materials, but they break down fully and quickly as well. Bamboo is a renewable resource that also happens to be remarkably soft and strong. As a result of their versatility and renewability, bamboo products have a much smaller environmental impact. Bamboo is an up-and-coming eco-friendly building material. Due to its ability to make products that are incredibly soft as well as surprisingly robust, bamboo is the material of choice for a range of products from home decor, clothing, cutting boards, guitars, and even bikes. Don't forget it can be used for healing teas, tonics, and medicines. I personally have bamboo cutting boards, bamboo toilet paper, my free samples from Real, and bamboo absorptive inserts for my kids' cloth diapers. I have also cooked bamboo into my dinner. You may be surprised to learn that the same material used to make your softest sheets is often used to build furniture and in large-scale construction, too. In fact, studies have discovered that bamboo is a more resilient and flexible construction material than wood, concrete, and even steel. Consequently, bamboo is becoming a preferred material for protection against earthquakes. Bamboo is a highly renewable resource that grows profusely throughout many parts of the world. Bamboo grows on every continent except Europe and Antarctica. I always thought it was just China. There are around 1,450 species of bamboo, and it comes in multiple colors, red, yellow, blue, and black. I only knew of the green kind. And as I learned from Wendy of World Tree, bamboo is not a tree, it is a grass. It is one of the fastest growing plants on the planet, and it can grow as much as three to four feet in a single day. Some species can grow as tall as 100 feet and it will take about three years for the bamboo plant to reach full maturity and can then be harvested. That is really quick. The fastest growing tree is the palomia, also known as the empress tree, and that takes 10 years. Because it grows so quickly, bamboo can be replenished immediately after being used. As a result, the bamboo population can easily be maintained to avoid overconsumption. What gives bamboo the edge and eco-friendliness is the plant itself. Bamboo is a highly renewable resource that grows quickly, takes up less space, and does not require extensive irrigation, fertilizers, or pesticides. That is great news for farmers. That is a low maintenance cost for a crop. And here's a fun fact. After natural disasters like hurricanes or cyclones, bamboo grows back faster than almost anything else. Bamboo near Ground Zero at Hiroshima put up new shoots less than a week after the atomic blast. I guess that saying about cockroaches being the only thing alive after atomic blast was completely wrong. Since consistent use has such a low environmental impact, bamboo is the perfect material to use for high volume staples like toilet paper, paper towels, and napkins. Look, I'm still preaching to use cloth versions of these, but if you're in a position where you do need disposables, then please choose bamboo. Let's compare bamboo to traditional trees. The responsible forestry practices, it will take about 40 years for a new tree to grow large enough to harvest. That's with us being responsible. 
Deforestation means we are cutting trees and using them at a faster rate than they can grow. This leads to soil erosion and runoff. When bamboo is planted on deforested ground, it contributes many positive advantages. That includes it grows very fast and spreads. It grows almost anywhere that it isn't too cold, including both desert and wetland conditions, and at both low and high elevations. It requires less water than trees and most other crops. It provides shade to the ground beneath it, lowering the intensity of sunlight and protecting against UV rays. And it stops the soil erosion and runoff. Bamboo also serves well in the construction of wetlands and other land and water reclamation projects. For landscaping, it creates a windbreak, helps as a sound screen, and offers privacy. It can even be used for a natural living fence. Bamboo, like trees, emits oxygen for us to breathe and to help reduce global warming. Sustainable bamboo products include anything that can be made of wood. It is at least as strong as wood and has greater tensile strength than steel. Besides lumber and poles, you can find bamboo particle board, fiber board, veneer, plywood, technically ply bamboo because it's not really wood, <laughs> and laminates. A house can have a frame, siding, floors, molding, panels, and cabinetry all made from bamboo. Even bamboo musical instruments like flutes, drums, and organ pipes. Also toys like fishing rods, skateboards, baseball bats, even surfboards. Did I mention bamboo is antimicrobial? Therefore, bamboo cutting boards are much safer than the wooden ones. Bamboo products are kind to our planet. By doing your research and learning about bamboo, you have the power to choose the right products for your lifestyle and make the best decision for yourself and your family. And that is why bamboo is awesome. That's it for today. I'm keeping it short and simple this week because I am sick as a dog. <laughs> a wicked cough, a runny nose, fever, super tired. That's the worst part. So tired all the time. And I'm not allowed to take naps unless my both of my children nap at the exact same time, which is really hard because I'm also supposed to be working. So it's, it's exhausting. That is why this episode is going to be really short. So with that, let's go ahead and do our weekly challenge. Here it is. Let me draw a card real quick. It says, sign up for paperless billing with your suppliers. It's easy to do and help to reduce paper consumption. Oh yeah, that one's super easy. I do have paperless billing as much as possible. I still get some bills that are in paper form, but as many as possible paperless. Saving trees, also saving money because you don't have to pay for stamps. It's awesome. That is your weekly challenge. You can do that if you haven't done so already. Sign up for paperless billing. Oh, and by the way, speaking of weekly challenges, I did make it, I wanted to report back, that I issued not to buy any brand new clothing for an entire month. And so it has been an entire month since then, and I want to know if anybody made it. It was tough because that also included back-to-school shopping. So you could get clothes, they just couldn't be brand new. They had to be second-hand. So I want to know how everybody did, how that turned out. So give me your feedback. You can catch me on my email, which is kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N, at startingsustainability.com. You can also go to the Facebook group, Starting Sustainability, where I have the weekly challenges posted, so you can go and comment there. We also have an Instagram, starting underscore sustainability. So many options. So feel free to give us feedback and let us know how you're doing. And I will be happy to share the results on our future episodes. Be sure to tune in next week 
because I have a really awesome guest. His name is Casey Cat, and he is going to explain all about the distillery practices and how he is changing the way distilleries function and he's going to make his distillery as sustainable as possible. So feel free to tune in next week to listen to Casey Cat of Cultivated Craft Spirits. Until then, continue to stay healthy, stay away from people with COVID if you're able to, and continue to save the world. I'll talk to everybody again next week. Bye.